Hello, welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. And I am Parks Miller. Today we have another baseball-themed dump for you. but bef- And this is actually one that's been... Uh, you know, suggested to us a, a couple times by, by a couple different listeners. So we do listen when you send us your suggestions, folks. Uh, so definitely keep those coming in. But before we get into that, I'd like to do a little bit of a redo here and uh, address some um, misspokes that we've had on, on the show in some episodes. Sometimes we get a little confused or might flub something or a pronunciation or what have you. So I just wanted to say really quick on my end that in the Y2K episode that we did, I misspoke. Limp Bizkit performed at the uh, 1998 MTV New Year's party playing Party Like It's 1999, blah, blah, blah. Right. Lining into ninety nine. Lining into ninety nine. Yeah, yeah nineteen ninety nine. Whereas, no doubt, actually yeah. played nineteen ninety nine New Year's Eve going into two thousand. Famously, uh, they performed "It's You Know the End of the World," the REM song. Um, uh, so that right, that's right. that. So don't fucking you know hipster call me out on on that. And also, yeah, we, we missed that though. I really flubbed I up like on just, that one. I'm sure that REM song got a ton of play. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure. And yeah, totally. no doubt did like a great version of it because they were like totally at their like punk peak. But um, also yeah. in the Swing Revival episode, I had said Etta James. I meant to say Ella Fitzgerald. I was just listening to so um, much old timey music. But yes, Ella Fitzgerald uh-huh. has tons of versions of Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got That Swing and did a lot of stuff with like Duke Ellington and the real swing shit. Etta James came afterward. She was born as the Swing Revival was, or the Swing right. movement was kind of right. fading out the Swing era, if you will. Couple couple decades off but again it's all that it's all that, that old old time. music I, I was listening to yeah but anyway so, um, so that's it that's I, it for i mine. have one too uh uh this is random and i just uh this is a little bit off topic we try to stay on topic but uh as ryan knows i've just started watching sopranos for the first time uh ever this year and i'm completely in love with it obviously yeah, uh, ryan amazing. mentioned to me sopranos is the opposite of a dump yeah <laughs> uh, it, is a la- it is a lasting treasure forever and ever um but uh, i did want to include it in the swing revival a bit when we were talking about gangsters but it, then i started listening to this podcast called talking sopranos it's got the actor that plays christopher and uh bobby Baccarat in it yeah, and they're going through everything. And so anyway, I found a Woodstock 69 related tidbit. So this is going way back to even to our podcast 99 thing, but so basically what I heard is that uh, Tony Cicero who played uh, Polly Walnuts, famous um, you know, he was kind of not really an actor. He was like actually like a criminal and just did all <laughs> sorts of crazy shit. Um, and then like found his way into, you know, in front of the camera. But apparently, according to him, he actually used to hang out with Jimi Hendrix like way what? back in the day. <laughs> um, and apparently, so this was through the Talking Sopranos podcast, that the famous uh, Don't Take the Brown Acid, um, it wasn't, apparently, according to him, it wasn't because that was giving people a bad trip. It's because it was actually just didn't work. It was just, <laughs> it was just bunk. It just wasn't going to make, so it wasn't like, According to him, it wasn't like a health warning. It was just like, no, you're. It was like, you're a not dude, take the high. real drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who knows? But just one little more. If it's Woodstock, we throw it in there. Yeah. Oh, that's great, dude. The Polly Walnuts experience. Are you? Ex- hey, are you experienced? <laughs> yeah. That's like, dude. Excuse me anyway, while I kiss this, I can't... The, the sky, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah. uh, dude, that's so funny that the brown acid was bunk. I wonder how many people were like going crazy, like in the mud and dancing, and then they're like, wait. It's not real. And then they just like snap out of it and realize they're not fucked up at all. And they're just total yeah. posers. But placebo. All right. To the sports dump of the day. We are talking about the infamous 10 cent beer night. Uh, there seems to be a lot of alcohol infused dumps, but I think it's because alcohol, you know, when you throw that into the mix of anything, the uh, chances of things going wrong are much higher. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you have that. So what was, you know, the, the 10 cent beer night? We'll get into that. And why is it a dump and, and all that stuff? But basically there was a promotion in 1974 where at, at the, you know, a big baseball game between the Texas Rangers and the Cleveland Indians, where it was at Cleveland Stadium and they were going to sell beer for 10 cents a pop as opposed to the normal 65 cents. That's like pretty much like selling beer at a ball game now for like a dollar. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's huge. Sixty percent. 
Yeah, now, that's crazy. That's super cheap. It's like when, when I'm trying to think why this was a dump, I realize, you know, there's this big cliche at like professional sports events and concerts and, you know, movies where concessions are just so expensive and everyone's complaining about how expensive concessions are. And they, and they are. They are. Don't defend and, it. And they are. They no, are. No, and they are. Of, of course. <laughs> yes, definitely. And, you know, and there's all sorts of reasons for that. But. This is kind of interesting because it's like what happens when the prices are dropped like below even below what people would want them to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah, so if it's a 60 cent beer then, you know, a 30 cent beer would be like would have been a deal. Beer, yeah. You know, but no, this is 10, ten cents a pop. It's like nothing. Even back then that's that's nothing and it, you know, kind of turned the night on its head. So Folks, real quick, when I when we like write out these outlines and, and kind of do the scripted aspects of, of the episodes, I like to have little headers in each section. And uh, for this episode, I took the liberty of uh, trying to make a beer pun for each one. And they are awful, really dumb, not funny beer puns. But I'm going to share them with you anyways. So for this first section, a little bit of background and uh, just the definition of 10 cent beer night. I'm calling it night of the living head. Get it? Like the head of a, of a nice point of beer. So speaking of, I uh, don't have any puns, but I for the occasion, I was uh, just drove by like a gas station or whatever and got this beer. Uh, it's called Florida Man. <laughs> and I saw the name. Um, this beer probably cost me four dollars for one. So just <laughs> See, so but at a ball game, to- that would be like a good deal. I'd be like, dude, yeah. beers are only four bucks. <laughs> you know, but I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop it real quick. For, the, for this episode yes there we go yeah we, we try not to uh drink or uh you know get get too messed up while recording uh you know squirts though our patreon series that's a little bit of a different story but uh you know we learned some valuable lessons in recording you know over 40 episodes of podcast 99 the biggest being uh don't get shit-faced when you uh, are recording something that's going to be permanent <laughs> yeah especially when i was editing an episode and i had to listen to myself you know Half buzzed. Yeah. I just I just couldn't stand the sound of my voice. Yeah. Like, you fucking idiot. So <laughs> You so piece of shit. Why too. do people even listen to me? God. I listen I listen to the episodes now that I'm not Yeah, it's but anyway, I mean not that we did anything wrong uh in that regards in the first place. Yeah. Hi mom. Yeah. But yeah, um, hey. <laughs> exactly. All right, so night of the living head. Let's get into what ten cent beer night was. The infamous 10-cent beer night took place June 4th, 1974 in Cleveland, Ohio at Cleveland Stadium, a.k.a. Municipal Stadium, a.k.a. Lakefront Stadium. The event was a promotion put on by the Cleveland Indians during their rematch against the Texas Rangers. Fans were allowed to purchase up to six 8-ounce cups of Stroh's beer at a time for 10 cents each with no limits on how many trips one can make to the concession stand. That's an important thing to, to keep in mind. Right. That's Okay, so that's double insanity. Like the ten cent is one thing, but then yeah, because I feel like that's just a a lot of certain events will kind of have a thing where it's like one per head. Or I mean, obviously you could go to a bar and order a ton of drinks, right. but you're just kind of like setting the limit. But also, six. how many can like you carry? You can't carry these are smaller beers than normal, sure, but like you can't carry six cups. fucking beers at once unless you're like doing the fingers and all the cups one. But I mean, I guess you know that. The tendency when like when beer or any alcohol is crazy cheap is to get as much as possible, like open bars. And the younger you are, the more that becomes a thing where it's like, I really got to take advantage of this because the next time I get really wasted in public, it's going to be way more expensive. So I better get as many 10 cent beers as possible. People people love deals and people love free things. And I can absolutely relate. Right. Um, when, when there's an opportunity to get free food, even if I'm not hungry, I still I just want to take it. Yeah, I'll bite. Yeah. You know, so. Exactly. But this was not the first time that the stadium hosted an event like this. In 1971, they had put on a nickel beer night, which was incredibly popular, as one could imagine. And the Texas Rangers had also hosted a 10 cent beer night of their own and didn't experience any problems. Another thing to keep in mind here, folks, is that at the time, the legal drinking age in Ohio was 18. So... You have, I mean, there is a huge young person's push for this 10 cent beer. And, you know, there's not too big of a difference between a 21 year old and say an 18 year old, but there is, 
And when like a wasted 18 year old is going to come off a lot different than a wasted 21 year old in many instances, you know, not necessarily (laughs) all the time, but like, I would rather deal with a bunch of people that had to wait an extra three years than the people that didn't, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of like the perfect storm too. It's like a Goldilocks thing. Cause like a nickel beer was maybe too cheap. So maybe people were like, you know, drinking it, drinking so much so fast that they kind of got tired and maybe were passing out or were too drunk to really like hoot and holler, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, they didn't, they didn't riot or anything like that. And maybe 10 cents just like kind of paced it out perfectly. It was like, like hard enough and easy enough on the wallet. And also like the limiting amount, like of how many you could get at a time, I feel like was a thing, but there's also a lot of attitude change that went into the, infamous 10 cent beer night as opposed to the ones that you don't hear about and that has to do with like a a feud that was bubbling yeah there was a sports rivalry going on yes and and we will we will get to that Mm -hmm. so the reason for this promotion was basically just to fill seats the cleveland indians had a pretty lousy losing streak from around 1969 to 73 so attendance was lacking the nickel beer night proved that win or lose fans would fill the stadium for cheap beer The night in question in 1974 brought approximately 25,134 fans to the game, which was about twice the amount of people expected at the average game. We saw this with Disco Demolition. You give something for young people to fucking go crazy for it, and you're going to double the attendance. But now you have to deal with that because you're not just doubling the attendance. You're doubling the attendance of absolutely shit-faced people. Yeah. And I mean, I and you say double. I had heard it possibly, possibly even closer to like triple. Or more. It could have been. I'd, yeah, I had heard it. My it was around you know three or four thousand. Even if even if still, it's like way more people. Way. And more. Yeah, that's like that's the classic. You know, the Woodstock. You can't just have the people. You have to increase every infrastructure, security, everything to actually handle that. Right. There was um, about fifty security guards on staff this night at the stadium. So yeah. fifty security also, guards for twenty five thousand plus people. Yeah, that's not a good ratio. Um, I had also read a little bit of a sort of a cultural background about Cleveland at the time. Yeah. Um, that I think could probably have, you know, subliminally affected things. But uh, Cleveland uh, in the late 60s was going through a pretty terrible economic downturn. A ton of their factories were being closed. Kind of, you know, this whole like sort of rust belt phenomenon where these, you know, huge manufacturing centers in the Midwest were just getting absolutely decimated. So yeah. I think that there was probably a lot of frustration, joblessness, um, a lot more so, drinking happening. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, there's always whenever unemployment uh, rises, uh, drinking historically rises too. Um, also, just and not this isn't like totally a one-to-one relation, but just in learning that also the uh, the Cuyahoga River, which I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, in Cleveland is so polluted (laughs) that it had caught on fire from the pollution um, in 1969. And I looked at pictures of it, and it's absolutely nutty. The whole river's on fire. Um, It's crazy. The city is just, like, gross at this point. That's what the 70s are good for, grittiness. Yes. But actually, then I found out that this this river has caught on fire a lot of times, and it actually caught on fire last year. So <laughs> throw that into the 2020 mix. How does it um, happen though? Like, does like it, apparently it's like 12 times. Like, even as, like I found a picture of it on fire, and I was about to send it to you and be like, "Look, look at this picture." And then I realized it was like a fucking tugboat. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is from like the 1900s." <laughs> um, so it's so just a just gross the, ass river surrounding Cleveland's the just, city. Yeah, it's just yeah, just something like that might just be just the thing you need. Well, it kind of gives off. you a, a more insight into the people. Like when we were talking about disco demolition, you know, our other baseball themed episode, you know, that's like a lot of blue collar working class folks, you know, with, with tough factory jobs, you know, grit underneath their fingernails, coming home to watch the fucking game. America, America's pastime to these kinds of people are is really America's pastime. 
you know, and they're just they're just a harder edged, a little bit of a rougher type of person, you know. And then when you're in a city that's like just dirty and and hard working and stuff like that, the tendency, yeah, is to drink harder and just be a gnarlier kind of person, you know. And and yeah. I feel like that was all playing into this Cleveland kind of like that was part of their identity. It was like, oh, it's fucking Cleveland. I love this town, yeah. like kind of shit, you know. I mean, if I, if I saw my local river catch on fire, I mean. I would think I was in Bible say fuck it. Yeah. Like that kind of screams like fuck it all. Yeah. Let's have let's get drunk. Let's have 10 cent beer night. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the game would eventually devolve into a riotous free for all, not unlike the disco demolition that occurred just a few years later. But why? And real quick, this thing about having these promotions like disco demolition or 10 cent beer night to fill the stands. How about you fucking make your team better? How about you practice more? You know, how, how about you stop losing instead of pumping young people full of fucking cheap beer to the point of a riot or having them blow up uh, like records, you know, with that? Like, like how about right. you just get better? You know, how about well, you don't get all these like rowdy, rough motherfuckers even more pumped up? Like, how about, how about we just make the teams play better baseball? One one option takes a considerable amount of money, timing and effort uh, <laughs> to make the team better. It's like, that's on one hand, 10 cent beer night. Pretty easy. And I, I mean, and I mean, maybe that's the thing is a gimmick. I think gimmicks are a big part of culture dumps. A lot of these things sort of revolve around having a novelty. Yeah. And just saying, wouldn't it be great? You know, the, uh, the balloon fest. Well, yeah. Balloon comes, fest. Just, Oh my God. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. So dude, Woodstock 99, wouldn't it be great if we did another Woodstock, but had limp biscuit right. and rage against the machine. All right, so let's get into the whole leading up period to Ten Cent Beer Night. Uh, the section of the outline I called Foam Run. <laughs> Another beer pun for you there, oh, yeah, dude. Don't. I didn't get that one. They get I, worse, I, dude. I was... Oh god. <laughs> they get worse. Buckle Jeez. up for some beer puns. So six days prior to Ten Cent Beer Night, the Rangers and the Indians played against each other at the Arlington Stadium in Texas. The crowd was tense and the game heated. After a series of game-altering events, events such as one of the Rangers getting walked, a hard slide interference, one of the Indians getting forearmed, and one of the Rangers getting punched, a brawl broke out in the bleachers and fans began throwing anything they could, mostly beer, onto the Cleveland players as they exited the field. Texas won that game 3-0. to zero. It was a mm-hmm. super hectic game. Just about anything that could go wrong did. And that was kind of the whole, this whole leading up to thing. And then the beer, you know, being poured onto the, the players. Beer. Now Cleveland has this thing where it's like, we need to use beer to get back at those fuckers that had their people pour beer on us. So this also, is also back then, baseball fights were way crazy. Real fights. You know, this is when ball like- was ball. <laughs> This is when people are fists are connecting, not like these things where everyone clears and then it's you're just looking at a hundred guys kind of milling around in their their warm up jackets. No, and the, this, and the bullpen runs out, and then by the time the bullpen's there, the fight's already diffused. Right? And, no, and then people they have to were go connecting. Run back to the, no, this is like people are just like actually getting in fights. Right. Yes. And like uh, one word, if you read like any article about Tencent Beer Night, they always say like bleacher clearing brawl or bench clearing brawl. Like, and I just love that idea. Oh, it's a bench clear. But yeah. It, so, yeah, that game ended fucking terribly for Cleveland, uh, as you know, my understanding, most games did. But this one particularly so. Now, there was plenty of arguing and dismay about the outcome of the game and the lack of etiquette from players and fans alike. When the next game between the two teams was announced, the blood feud was set. Leading up to the game, Cleveland had promoted the event with images of their mascot wearing boxing gloves with the phrase, anything can happen underneath. With That's this antagonistic. Me- it's pretty it's like get ready Cleveland we're going to fuck yeah. up some Texans. Now with this message and 10 cent beers something terrible was brewing. <laughs> I did it again dude. I did I'm, it fucking I'm gonna again. I have a sip of this Florida man every time one of these horrendous puns comes my way. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like a drinking game but for me. 
Also, you know, the the, the whole thing. So also we know now, you know, Cleveland Indians, they're under a lot of uh, heat for their mascot and their name. You know, that this has been happening in sports. People being like, hey, maybe when these team names were made up, uh, no one was really being that sensitive to, you know, ancient cultures and also our neighbors and people that live with us on this planet. So, you know, the, the idea now of this caricatured, like very racist, like, you know, uh, yes. version Very of a Native American, face. you know, the Cleveland Indian is like wearing boxing gloves and it's like anything can happen. It's 10 cent beer right. night. But as it stands, that's still the name of the team. So, I mean, that's the name we got to use. That's the name we got to use. Um, hey, yeah. Yeah. Right. Atlanta Braves as well. They're both kind of. Yeah, it, it, there, there's plenty out there. But yeah, this is oh, the yeah. Rangers versus the Indians. So also, even just mascot-wise, you kind of have a little feud. Like, if it was just, like, a Texas Ranger, like, mascot and just the Cleveland Indian mascot, that already is kind of, like, a blood feud historically, you know, if you if you want to mm-hmm. go there. And uh, so the teams, yeah, it, it's just all setting up to be this amazing shit show. So let's get to it, because there's nothing to fear but beer itself. Now, <laughs> there he goes. Yeah, as, as another sip. Yep. As fans poured into the stadium, cheap beer poured into thousands of eight ounce cups. The 10 cent beer seemed to fuel the anger behind the grudge match that was now underway. Texas took a quick lead with a five to one score early in the game. This did not please the increasingly rowdy Cleveland fans who by this point were already starting to throw trash, beer and fireworks onto the field and at the Texas dugout. Also, in order to serve all of these fans, this 10 cent beer, they had to bring in like trucks, basically like food trucks that were just there to serve the beer. And they would put generally like, you know, local teens that had jobs at the ballpark behind them. Uh, One of the cars famously was just two teenage girls, one to collect the money, one to pour the beers. You have thousands of people lining up, each of them asking for six cups a piece. They're completely overwhelmed almost instantly. And that's kind of leading into all the trouble as well also i would have to imagine that part of the increased attendance is just because all right think about this like you're 18 in cleveland and might be a little bleak but you know you still you're a spry yeah young individual i could see how just the idea just the like you don't even have to be a baseball fan but like that's something like i could i could totally if i was eight like if I was that age, right. and there's like 10 cent beer, I would just go, even if I didn't care about the oh, sport. Oh, well, definitely. And that was the whole <laughs> thing, you know, because anyone can afford 10 cent beer at that time. You know right. what I mean? I mean, dude, if there so, was like a dollar beer night at a fucking ball game now, I don't give a shit about sports. I'd fucking go, and I'm way older could, than 18. It could be it could be pretty crazy if that happened. Um, yeah, and then also uh, it just – I think that because then there was fireworks. There was nothing about fireworks in the promotion, but <laughs> you're, you're already just like – it's already people that probably just don't necessarily care about the game. So then they're like, 10 cent beer, fireworks. Yeah. Well, it just- and it, it goes, it also goes into the Cleveland versus Texas thing that that's happening too. You know what I mean? There was plenty of fans that went, cause they were probably expecting their team to lose. Cause the Indians always lost, you know, at that time, but it was bigger than that. It was deeper than that. It was Cleveland versus Texas, not necessarily the Indians versus the Rangers. And all of this is, and that, you know, Cleveland's playing that up. Anything can happen at 10 cent beer night, you know, come on down. And so it's just getting really crazy. It was reported that during the game, one woman ran onto the field, flashing her breasts. Another woman ran onto the field, attempting to kiss the umpire. Shortly after a man streaked across the field and slid into the second base. uh, And which is, fucking hilarious because that happened right as one of the rangers batters hit his second home run for the night it was uh, tom grieve so like the game is happening around people running onto the field you know because baseball mm-hmm. fields are huge so you could you know unless you want to get really strict with it you could allow a couple people to run around and mosey about right. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and fuck around without it really inter- interfering with the game uh for instance yeah. a, a father and son duo ran out into the outfield and then mooned all the all the fans mooning <laughs> Where did that go? Mooning, mooning and streaking. And we've talked about this and streaking might be a dump. Yeah. Well, so 1974, <laughs> that same year at the Academy Awards, a guy struck streaked across the stage. Is it struck? Is it struck? It, I don't know. <laughs> it's like hanged or hanged. You know, it's like, oh, he, he hung himself. He hanged himself. Right. It, it's right. like, did he streak or did he struck? Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. know. But a guy ran across balls out on, on the Academy Awards stage. A song about streaking in the 70s. So 
It was big. There's a dump there. It was big because, you know, you, again, you have all of these people that were, you know, teenagers and very impressionable young people in the free love era of the 1960s mm-hmm. where all that stuff was kind of commonplace. And so now it's like they're a little older, a little drunker, and just kind of like devious. now it's like funny. It's like I don't have any problem yeah. getting naked because I was naked all the time, but now it's fucking funny. And then like swing yeah. culture, kind like not swing revival. I mean like swingers, like fucking wife swap swingers. S- swinging. Street, hang, I feel like streaking went into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the the real swingers, but yeah, seventy four, big old fucking year for for streaking. So things were not just hectic on the field. At the concession stands, fans grew unruly. The poor kids working behind the beer counters were completely overwhelmed with thirsty, wasted baseball fans dying to get their drunk hands on more ten cent beer. Fans began to shake and climb on top of the beer trailers. Eventually, the employees abandoned ship, and fans climbed over the counters and began serving themselves and their friends, sometimes even holding their mouths under the spigots like right, the kid does in Nutty Professor 2, the clumps. Yeah. Yeah. Because these are two – these two employees are two teenagers. Yeah. Who are pro- I mean, it's not two like they work for the beer at, company at or anything. One of them, by the way. So I'm two sure high school that- girls. Yeah, I'm sure you got to take a little risk analysis and you're like, I'm not getting paid enough for this shit. It could right. could have easily been like, they were probably like, oh, we need some people to man the beer truck and like, let's get, right, know, just get these two teenage girls. And so, yeah, you're going to bolt. It's not your problem. Yeah, because again, people are trying to tip over <laughs> this trailer and they're fucking yeah. going crazy. And according to some fans that were there like people would jump over and they would use like their popcorn buckets to fill like, like to get beer (laughs) or like, like their Coca-Cola cups, anything they could to fill up with beer. And then eventually, yeah, people would just hold their mouths under their mouths. (laughs) Yeah. Just like (laughs) the ultimate cup. (laughs) Yeah. The ultimate cup. Yeah. Let's cut out the middleman. Nature's cup. Yeah. Yeah, Nature's cup. The mouth. <laughs> but also, it's like what we saw at Woodstock '99, where the people were giving out these beer tickets, and you were only able to get two at once. And eventually, the crowd was just so much it was never ending. You know, you serve a hundred people, you have two hundred people in line. So they just like threw out the rolls of tickets, and were like, "Fuck it, serve yourself." Same thing at Ten Cent Beer Night, but on a much more direct level, where the fans were actually getting the beer themselves. Now, the cause of what happened next is often disputed, but the most common version of the story is that Leron Lee of the Indians hit a line drive and nailed Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins in the stomach. Cleveland fans erupted in a frenzy, chanting, hit him again, hit him harder. And Texas's Mike Hargrove was almost hit with a gallon jug of Thunderbird that was thrown undoubtedly by an Indians fan. The game at this point was tied 5-5. Now, Thunderbird, we mentioned. Thunderbird. What that's like? That it's sounds bum like wine. some. Yeah, that's like that's like Mad Dog style. Mad Dog, Cisco, uh-huh. Night Train, all, all of like the the worst stuff. The uh, like make you blind gross. drunk kind of shit. But a gallon I've of it. Seen that stuff? It's do they still good? Sell it? Good. Yeah. I mean, shit. I'm sure you could probably get Wait, some where you live. I see. There's a website called bumwine.com. Yeah, that's how I learned about all this stuff that, back in the day. <laughs> bumwine.com shouts out to bumwine.com okay? are you geez these images are kind of depressing this website <laughs> is really depressing yeah um, yeah it turns out not as fun as it sounds uh, like because yeah. i'm picturing like train hopping like with like the you know the bindle like the stick with the sheet on the end like with your jug of thunderbird and singing songs but it's actually just super depressing no uh, this website is like you know the co- the evolution of man where it's like goes you know from a monkey to a guy standing up right right this website is a guy a guy in a business suit and then the next is him with a laid off pink slip and then it's him holding Thunderbird, then him with a hungry sign, and then him sleeping on the ground. A bunch of bottles of wine. Oh my God. Well, yeah. So someone was fucking wasted. (laughs) 10 cent beer wasn't even enough. Someone had to bring in a gallon of fucking Thunderbird to this shit. Right. So, yeah. Oh my God. Like, it's like, dude, it's like bringing fucking four loco to the wine and cheese party. (laughs) It's like, dude, you you already have 10 cent beer. You don't need to fucking throw fucking gasoline on the fire with Thunderbird. 
So the last straw, and really the the match that lit the 10-cent beer night fuse, was when a Cleveland fan ran onto the field. That fan's name, by the way, was Terry Yurkic. Uh, he, he was interviewed recently. He was also later after 10-cent beer night named uh, Citizen of the Year in Cleveland. Just goes to show you that kind of attitude of, of Cleveland at the time. Yeah. They're like, damn, that guy's awesome. But he ran out onto the field in the ninth inning, and he tried to snatch the hat off of Texas Ranger Jeff Burroughs's head. Burroughs can confronted the fan and in the process tripped and fell. It it was like a whole kind of very quick mismatch of events. So he tried to snatch the hat. He kind of fell over. He sees the player coming at him. He the player kicks kicks him, kicks the fan in the leg and then falls while kicking him making it look like the player or the fan attacked him and knocked the pl- knocked the player to the ground. Mm-hmm. And you know, from the stance so now everyone's freaking out and to the audience it appeared as though Burroughs was knocked to the ground by the fan. So the Rangers flooded the field, all the players, the whole team, they're filled with piss and vinegar in their veins, bats in their hands and it's a good old-fashioned baseball scramble like in um uh, what is it? Three Ninjas Two, when when they have their big scramble in the <laughs> beginning. No, when they go to Japan. Oh, it's a beautiful so, film. I but like scramble. That's I remember it's word. like scramble, and then every, yeah, all the it's players like come out. Yeah, it's a brawl. It, it's it's a it, good old fashioned Cleveland good, ball frothy, game brawl. Everyone's as frothed as the beer. Yes, exactly. So when fans saw the Rangers enter the field ready for a fight, they too flooded the field. It was reported that several intoxicated fans had chains, knives, bottles, and even torn out seats to be used as weapons. Sensing the very real presence of danger, Indians manager Ken Aspromonte instructed his players to get on the field and help protect the opposing team from their now uncontrollable fans. That's crazy shit. Like they had this blood feud and it's like, whoa, like we need to make sure like we might not only lose this game, which is probably already going to happen, but we might like not get to play for the rest of the season if we don't help these guys because no one's going to want to come and play in Cleveland. Lines were drawn where it was like the feud is one thing, but ultimately we're baseball players. The Rangers are baseball players. And like there's sort of this kicked in thing of like, we all do this. This is what we do. And yeah. these we're brothers of the back like attacking. Yeah. W- the players. So it, we have to yeah, right. protect them. It, exactly. And it's, it's and, getting, and it probably would send scary. a message of like, Oh, well if the home team is, you know, defending the away team, then, you know, maybe that would send a message like, well, to the fans to like, like chill don't, out, don't do this shit because like, this is the team you supposedly love. I mean, you know. Right, exactly. But it didn't matter because it was never about the fucking game because everyone was expecting the <laughs> Indians to lose anyways. It was about 10-cent beer and scrambles. That That's what that's what people wanted, and that's what they got. So the teams battled back the hordes of fans as folding chairs, rocks, bottles, and everything else that could be thrown rained down upon them. Fans began stealing bases and tearing apart the field. Announcers were horrified at the lack of security and police response. The teams eventually fought their way back to their locker rooms as the riot continued on the field. Eventually, a riot response team arrived at the field, and within 20 minutes, the chaos was over. It's pretty fast. It was just like the police, right? Well, they they said they sent in like the Cleveland like riots, like squad. It was like basically like, I mean, they're they're just regular police, but they just put them in helmets and give them different sticks. Right, right. You know know what I mean? And they basically tell them like, hey, go in there and kick everyone's ass. And so they start shooting tear gas and things like that. Everyone clears. There was apparently like a group of kids still left on top of one of the dugouts fucking around, but like nothing crazy. But people were getting really hurt because rocks, batteries, all sorts of stuff like that's flying around the field. So a lot of players took them to the head. Uh, I think the umpire, um, whose name I believe is uh, what Shylack, ne- yeah, he, Nestor Shylack, yeah, Nestor Nestor Shylack, yeah. He uh, he got hit by a chair and was you know he was leaking. He was showing color. I mean, a lot of guys had busted open heads. Both players, fans, everyone, and the players fucked up a bunch of fans too. Like they kicked the shit out of a bunch of people, but yeah. rightfully so. I mean, they were literally protecting themselves and their and the other team it was out, out of fucking control so umpire yeah umpire nestor shylock who had been hit in the head with the chair called a forfeit in favor of texas and 10 cent beer night was over 
In the end, several people were wounded, but none too seriously, and nine fans were arrested for disorderly conduct. That's not that many people to get arrested for this. Again, it's like it's Cleveland in the early 1970s at a 10-cent beer night ball game. They weren't trying to arrest anyone. You know what I mean? They, they just wanted everyone to stop, get off the field. The announcers are just like, this is disgusting. I've never seen anything this disgusting in yeah. my life. There's right, like, right. Like whenever something happens to like the institution of baseball, like if you're someone that's really <laughs> involved, it's like it's like the country let you down. It's like it's like you've been like attacked. You know, yeah. <laughs> it is. And I love I love when the announcers do that because they're, yeah, they they're so, so moved. <laughs> they can no longer contain their profound you know, sadness, upset, sadness or anger, their shame. Because this is America's beloved, pastime. Beloved game of baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's like you want to act like that. You go to a fucking hockey game. You don't bring that shit to the ball, yeah. ball field, the ballpark, yeah. you know. So Cleveland Indians manager Ken Aspermonte said. And he was quoted saying this in several, you know, the, this was the quote from, you know, the, from their rep. It's not just baseball. It's the society we live in. Nobody seems to care about anything. We complained about their people in Arlington last week when they threw beer on us and taunted us to fight. But look at our people. They were worse. I don't know what it was, and I don't know who's to blame, but I'm scared. <laughs> like, just like overwhelming like existential dread for just like what yeah. what 10 cent beer night means for humanity that's yeah. what we love i mean it it, it does echo woodstock 99 in a very very small scale right you know. it, it's it's there you know what i mean and yeah. disco demolition as well you know and there's yeah. there's just something specific about things happening during baseball again because baseball is looked at with like through the lens of ken burns fucking like america's pastime like like isn't it great and the smell of peanuts and beer in the air and mm -hmm. oh just when you get that glove you know worn Highly in just right it's completely yeah. romanticized in a way that i would say no other sports are you know like football it's it's more well, of in, like a, in america like, it has a very unique uh, right, it's it's it, yeah. special. It's the past. I mean, all, all these major sports are obviously you know loved and have a ton of mythology and lore into them. But yeah, the the way the the baseball it's because baseball's no contact. It, yeah, you know and it's funny because you know you take like soccer or football. You know soccer. You know riots are famous in other countries and they're like right. truly these astounding things. Um, but yeah, it's the baseball thing. There's this sort of sacred thing about. Yeah, you don't it. mess and, like, with the, the ballpark. Way, yeah, it's the way people like get these hugely philosophical kind of notions behind it, right? And then so yeah, so the disruption is the disruption is, is it's um it's sacred ground. Yeah, know? it's unacceptable. You you don't you don't you don't act like this. You don't come to a ball game and act like that. All right, this is church. This yeah, is my church. Exactly. Now there the was... wounded umpire <laughs> Nestor Shylock, he added fucking animals you can't <laughs> you just can't pull back a pack of animals when uncontrolled beasts are out there you gotta do something i saw two guys with knives and i got hit with a chair if the fucking war is on tomorrow i'm gonna join the other side just to get a shot at them yeah like the war it's like dude i mean it's fucking baseball but <laughs> also animals that, that just i just imagined that there was probably this like small group of baseball like cleveland indians fans who were there who were also like getting shit faced on these 10 cent beers but who loved baseball and they weren't participating and imagine that like sad sad drunk guy who right. just like watched <laughs> he's his got 12 game tiny beers devolve <laughs> and he's so drunk so he's just like crying like what have they done to my <laughs> baseball <laughs> this isn't right well i'm sure there was also people that are like guys if you don't stop like like the longer this game goes on the more 10 cent beer we can buy like everyone needs to fucking <laughs> chill out or else they're gonna yeah. cut us off you know <laughs> that's that like there's that too. there was no cutting off no yeah, there, there was no cutting off. But now, while 10 Cent Beer Night went down as one of the most outrageous nights in baseball history, it would not be the last. Just one month later, the Cleveland Indians hosted another 10 Cent Beer Night. Like, seriously, like, just they, they couldn't even wait. They're like, oh, maybe we'll celebrate the anniversary of this crazy thing happening, you know, next year. They're like, 
Uh, what are we doing next month? Do let's we got anything? Let, let's just do this again. It's out of fucking control. But hey, dude, that's just Cleveland for you. You know, we're built differently. It's yeah. just uh, that's just how it how it was. You know, uh, in the there's like a news special, like some I think it's what like ABC or NBC did like mm-hmm. a looking back on it thing, and at the end when the guy's like, and just one month later they hosted it again. He's like, I love this town. <laughs> it's yeah. just like classic. So yeah, they threw another ten but cent beer night, but it, this time they limited customers. So yeah. I've read in some places that they were limited to four cents, and it was like ticket based. It wasn't like you could just go up and buy them. Whereas the ten, the original ten cent beer night, like, like the the bad one, let's say, because again, it wasn't the first. But there, you just walk up and buy them. At this one, with your ticket, you would get like drink tickets that and like yeah. you had to have those to get them but i've also read that it was only two 10 cent beer per fans which i mean that's a better business model honestly because dude you could sell yeah. like a trillion 10 cent beers and run the risk of losing all this money in a riot or you get people drunk off of two to four little beers and then make them once they're drunk and they want more now they have to pay full price and they're drunk right. enough to do it exactly i mean if it's a gimmick you also have to have your shady little small print to the gimmick yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, you know, at brunch, bottomless mimosas, you got to make a bottom. The, there's a bottom and you got to, the waiter has to make really big, slow laps. So you got to right. like, you yeah, do the bottomless, but you got to just like, you got to hide. And so you can't just be there every second to right. fill the mimosa. And then that way, because I mean, I and they get this. weaker. I remember and weaker. I did a bottomless mimosa one time at a brunch and I remember I only got like two drinks because it just, took forever to get to get them yeah because they don't want it they don't want to give you as many as you want ever yeah you know what i bet you that there was a a bottomless mimosa brunch somewhere that ended very similarly to this 10 cent beer night find that out (laughs) just like you know a couple uh you know sassy gals out with their summer hats just flipping tables over at whatever fucking cafe they're at (laughs) this is bullshit (laughs) <laughs> it was supposed to be bottomless. I have not reached the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the, there's like, you know, the waiters just like fucking animals. If there's a war tomorrow, I'm going to be on the other side. But it's it's just yeah. for brunch. Yeah, <laughs> dude, mimosa <laughs> brunch. So that 10 cent beer night that happened one month later with literally one month later, it drew a crowd of approximately 41,800 fans. So like almost twice of what the original t- so it's like yeah. not only were people like uh-huh. oh shit like i heard that was crazy like it might get like this again but they're coming for for the booze so i'm sure there was an expectation that something was going to happen and then little like each person you know 41,000 people getting their ticket and then seeing that they were limited was like oh 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 like every time someone was handed a ticket and their beer tickets it's kind of amazing though that the the ballpark would do that and just yeah. They're like, fuck I feel it. Like most people would be like, no, we're never doing that again. And then they did it, and then it was more people, and it, there was no problem. Well, it's like Disco Demolition. They did more than one of those, too. And they're like, like, fuck it. You know what it is? It's like baseball is only sacred to those that baseball is sacred to. Like, there's plenty of people that work in in the showbiz that is professional sports that don't give a shit about the religious aspect of professional sports so they're just like yeah fuck it like what like that was great why don't we do let's do that again you know what i mean and and i'm sure there was a lot of pushback but the game went on with no problems so i think it was just a fluke it was the perfect again the goldilocks thing like some porridge was too hot some was too cold that 10 cent (laughs) beer night it was just Right. Just right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So everyone was Goldilocks just pounding eight-ounce cups of beer porridge until the, the Bears came home, and when they did, a riot broke out. Yeah. The, the second time with the 41,000, that was 41,000 diehard baseball fans, and they showed up in solidarity. Like, yeah. we're, we are only drinking this beer to watch the game. Yes, we're, we're enjoying our, our drinks. Beers, yes. And that's it. Right. Exactly. And, you know, that again, the 10 cent thing, I feel like really appealed to the the younger crowd, because, you know, if you're 18, like you could still be in high school. So like the idea, like, you know, so you, you probably have either a part time job or none. So if like your mom gave you like two bucks to go to the ball game, well, you know, a, a ticket was fucking you know what like a like a dollar a dollar fifty so you could still get five beers you know left over with that so it's like no matter what like everyone had enough money in their pocket to get some beer and that's kind of like this whole 
thing behind it. But I feel like with Tencent Beer Night, that's pretty much it. I mean, it still looked back at this insane moment. I mean, it's up there with the disco demolition as some of, you know, some of the craziest things to happen in baseball, especially mm-hmm. not necessarily having to do with the sport itself. You know, like because there's obviously all sorts of scrambles and fights and things that have happened in baseball that are crazy. But it's more player and team oriented. This is this is outside of that realm. And it's more of the showbiz and promotional aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the fans and the the crowd is getting completely unruly. Exactly. So now we're getting to the close. We usually call it our outro in this in the outline. I'm calling it the stout tro this time. My last uh, that's my last beer. I got to go. Of the night, the stout So yeah, Park, Park, he's gone. He, he's out. Gone. He, out. He got a, He got his can of a four dollar beer and took off. Yeah, <laughs> My, which this would have been forty ten cent beers. Yeah, so. <laughs> you would have been just peeing your pants if you drink yeah. four dollars worth of beer. Which I do. Which I do from time to time. If I've had to. No, but I'm not, okay. I know that the economy is different and stuff, but like, how fucking sick would that be to just. You go and you like shake out your piggy bank, and you just get a pocket full of dimes. I feel, oh, <laughs> buddy, dude. A di- I mean, that I don't is a care time if that I ever come put, back. <laughs> put, even if it was a dollar, because even back then they had everyone had fucking silver dollars. Just the idea of putting a coin, yeah, down, <laughs> and then being able to receive a drink from a fucking coin is that, out of control. That, that time is. I do remember once in Athens, there was penny pitchers. It was pitchers for a penny. But again, I feel like there was still that thing where somehow I only got one pitcher of beer. Like something. Yeah, well, what do you think? You're going to put like four bucks down? (laughs) There's just somehow they just, they figured it out. Yeah. Because it was just so crowded. There were so many people at the bar that it was just, it took forever to get back to the bar to get a pitcher so you were just about as normally drunk as as you would be anyways so then it just ends up being you're saving money yeah well you know more money for uh double downs after after you're after you're drunk you know it's a whole thing so what does it all mean what does 10 cent beer night mean for society for culture dumps i think what it means is fans need to fucking chill the fuck out like you don't need to go fucking ape shit crazy every single time something fun is happening you know you can just enjoy you can enjoy is that what we're taking away from this well, that's what I'm taking away is that fans I think need they to- should do more when when <laughs> we can go back to when this when this COVID thing is over. <laughs> ten cent beer night, my beer. house. Come on. Yeah. Well, also, I I, I, I think that there's a whole a th- there's a thing where <laughs> alcohol should not be free or like borderline free. There's a reason for alcohol being more expensive than a Coke, and it's because at some point you need to limit people is in some way you know whether it be oh you're too drunk i'm cutting you off or you know you run out of money because you spent all your money on drinks it sometimes it's better to not be able to buy more you know it's like pet cemetery sometimes debt is better like sometimes expensive is better especially in a sporting situation because even if it's not 10 cent beer night if like if it's a championship game a championship game fucking people riot in the streets anyways and destroy shit and go fucking crazy you don't need they don't need any more fuel alcohol um is a bad entry point for socialism you should <laughs> don't start there yeah yeah start let's worry food. about healthcare and stuff first <laughs> yeah. before we start giving everyone alcohol because I mean, like, <laughs> but uh, i guess they still probably made money like they i feel like that was definitely the did and it was Stroh's beer, so I'm sure Stroh's is like, oh, well, we'll sponsor it. You know, it's a good ad thing. You know what I mean? It's like anytime you go to like a fucking, this is going to really bring out the Los Angeles in me, but anytime you go to like a fucking gallery opening or like some fucking, you know, like a cool like warehouse party and there's like free alcohol, it's always Pabst, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that like they take a hit, but I'm sure it's fixed into their yearly budget of like, here's how much free shit we're going to give out to these shitty young people, you know, and that yeah. like our name will be synonymous with parties, which it is, you know, especially in, in big cities, booths. you know, I do. I also from I remember that fondly free booze yeah. at our shows is a great, great little combination there. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? And so there, there's a, a thing for that. But, you know, as humans, we, we have no limits. Uh, and here's the real hero 
Now we haven't talked about. Imagine the cleanup. The people oh, that had to clean because baseball. Imagine the is, bathroom line. I know because I'm I I haven't been to a game in forever, and then obviously COVID. I you know, but I haven't had an interest as you know recently. But I I do remember when I was a kid going to baseball games. The bathrooms smelled so bad, and I was too. <laughs> I didn't even know it was beer. It was just beer and the beer that was getting pissed out. Yeah, that was just caked in the walls. Goes and in now beer, I know, comes like, out beer. Oh, that's beer smell. So imagine this fucking disgusting Ugh. 1974 Cleveland and like the cups. And you know how they, you know how those cups get all smushed and shit. Yeah, like no, oh it, my god, the cleanup well, would have been horrendous. And like you know, at a lot of ballparks, they have like a what I call the piss trough. You know, instead yeah, of like urinals, that. they have the big yeah. trough, which uh, as a young boy going into one of those bathrooms for the first time, it really separates the men from the boys by it not separating scary. you at all. Like you're you're <laughs> hanging like almost eye level, maybe shoulder level with like a bunch of old dicks just like spouting out beer pee. And <laughs> yeah. it, it's like terrifying and it stinks. Yeah. So I can imagine it was fucking awful dude but i'm sure the the ladies room line was fucking astronomical you know i'm sure there was a lot of people just like whipping it out and like peeing in those cups because they're like i'm not going all the way back to the fucking bathroom and once you break the seal on a beer night that's it like you're gonna be peeing all the time did, did you ever uh did you ever like pull your pants all the way down like at a baseball like in a public restroom uh, no, like- I, I, I was never, I, even as a little kid, I, I didn't okay. do that. I think my dad like taught me early on, like, here's how Don't. you pee in public. Like, okay. Cause I, I remember like being at some event, like maybe a sporting event and like seeing a kid do that and just seeing like <laughs> seeing some little fucking kid, like pulls pants all the way down. I was like, this shit is so funny because like, I feel like that could have been me, you know? Well, like, it's like. Like, and, like, and then uh, the dad's got to be, like, stepping in, like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah hey, that's that's for at home, slugger. <laughs> it, 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 well, <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, I think about the late, great Ryan Dunn. Uh, may he rest in peace. In one of the early CKY videos, pre-Jackass, um, like, which was what all, like, the Westchester crew of jackass w- would put out there's a part where he goes into like a mcdonald's bathroom and goes to the urinal and pulls his pants down to his ankles oh, and is peeing well, and there's like a guy there that's peeing next to him just like trying not to look and he's just like how's it going he has his hand on the wall and everything wait that's what it, no i was in it was last year i swear because I, I think i was in an airport to like come to see you and it was a gr- <laughs> i swear a grown man did this i'm i don't think i'm making this a, grown up. a grown man, man did that did this in the airport and I was I saw his butt cheeks last year, <laughs> and I was kind of just like, "Damn, like that's a that's, that's impressive. That's a power move. That's a power move." Yeah, yeah. Did you tell him? Did, did you help him pick up his crown? No, he's a king. I, I, I was I was just in awe. I didn't want to be beheaded. I didn't want to speak to royalty. Yeah, out of turn. yeah. I didn't want to look him in the eye when. Yeah. Why look him in the eye when you could look at him in the butt cheeks? You know. Yeah. So that's the deal, folks. With ten cent beer night. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at Culture Dumps. We post all kinds of stuff there, let you know when new things are on Patreon. That reminds me, make sure you subscribe to our Patreon. We have a lot of different tiers there. We got a, a $3 tier on Patreon that allows you to see a bunch of our research materials. We post links to videos, uh, never-before-seen photos, mo- a lot of stuff from Woodstock 99, a lot, a lot of Podcast 99 stuff, but stuff for Culture Dumps as well, uh, most definitely. I mean, we're definitely going to be posting some videos about 10 Cent Beer Night on there um you know another tier one up from that we have you know exclusive series we have we do our squirts where we just kind of freestyle on different topics and we also have docu dumps where i kind of walk you through some of my favorite documentary films um they're not even culture dumps they're just like great documentaries that um make my brain the way it is and you know plenty of other stuff also you know if you're at one of the higher tiers you get the episodes about a week early which is you know, fun if you don't want to wait. So that's patreon.com slash culture dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. And I'm Parks Miller. And if you ate it up, we dump it out. It's his last game at Wrigley. Let's sing it for him. Let's sing it with Harry.
be something else and crack her down.